Howdy, my friends, and welcome once again to uh, the Run of the Mills podcast. This is the daily run as we make our way ever so slowly through the book of Titus. We are in Titus chapter one. We've been talking about uh, church leadership and the roles of a church leader, the jobs of a church leader, the calling of a church, of those who are in leadership in church. And we are in, where are we? Oh, verse 10 of chapter one. Last time we talked about how the overseer may have to confront, exhort, convict um, those people within the congregation as a leader. Sometimes you have to confront people. Uh, sometimes you have to encourage people. Sometimes you have to uh, deal with issues in within your congregation. That's part of being a pastor. And um, anyway, so he said, well, there are there's a reason. And one of that is because there are many insubordinate. There are those people within the church that are not, uh, they're unruly. They are not under, uh, placing themselves under the authority of the leadership of the church. They say, hey, you know, they're the kind of people that say, yeah, I go to that church, but, oh, I'm not, I don't, I don't agree with the direction that the leadership are going in. I don't agree with the direction the pastor is going in. And really it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's the idea that, that God has placed certain people in, in leadership and these are people that have demonstrated uh, godly character and um, an understanding of of the scripture and strong doctrine. And honestly, you know, you think as a Christian, those are the kind of people you would want to uh, have an authority over you, that you would want to uh, come underneath and and to follow and to be trained by that kind of thing. But he's pointing out to them that uh, there are those in the church that are insubordinate. But that's not all. He says also both idle talkers, idle talkers, you know, those who are just, you know, he says empty talk. There are people that go to church that are talkers, idle talkers. So they're empty talkers. What, what does that mean? Um, they're talkers who aren't walkers, right? They're those people that know all the right phrases, all the right sayings, but they don't do it. When I first started out in ministry, I remember encountering some of these people, and it wasn't a, it wasn't uh, clear to me right away that they were just talkers and not walkers. In other words, they were people that could talk a big talks, talk about their spirituality and what God had taught them, and on and on and on. But when it came down to living it, putting it in action, doing it, uh, different story, different story, and. Because I didn't see them outside of church very often, I just went by what I saw. And I mean, how many times have I met people that are like that, where they've they've been shocked because somebody that they knew got caught up in some sort of crime, and and they go, "Well, I know that person from church. There's, so, I would never imagine they they would ever do something like this." Well, do you know them outside of church? Have you ever talked to them away from the Sunday morning? Because a lot of times it's the case. You you just never have. You just have a a at church relationship with the person. And then when their true character comes out, it shocks you because you've never seen it. But there are definitely those who are idle talkers. Uh, I remember years and years ago having um, a girl in my youth group that was just having some struggles and, and um, her, her father who through the years became quite clear that he was um, maybe not a, I, I can't judge a man's heart, you know, so to say he's an idle talker, I don't know, but I do know this. They were gross 
inconsistencies with his behavior versus what he said. And I didn't know that because I just knew him from church. And he would always come up and share a scripture. Oh, I really appreciate what you shared about this or that. And, you know, always wanted to have a discussion on a, on a biblical level, which I, of course, appreciated. Um, but when his daughter was having some problems, I said, well, why don't you talk to your dad about this, you know? And she was like, my dad? Oh, that. And she was like, yeah, what you see here on Sunday, that's not real. That's, that's, that's not the real thing. You know, and, um, you know, just kind of shocked, shocked me, you know, shocked me. I'm like, oh, but, but over the years, more and more through time saw like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is a talker and not a walker. This is an idle talker. This is an empty talker. Heaven forbid, heaven forbid that that ever be said of me or said of you that you were, I mean, just I, I can't imagine being in the spot where I was, I would go through and put so much effort into fooling people into thinking I was a godly person rather than actually putting that same effort into being a godly person, you know, rather than putting on this big show of my spirituality and a big show of my Bible knowledge. And, you know, what if I put that same effort instead of making the big show, just putting it into gaining biblical knowledge and drawing closer to him. I think it's tragic when a person's conduct is, is so contrary to what they claim. And so let us never be empty talkers. Let us never be empty talkers. Some people don't talk about their faith because they're not living it. I mean, that's a common thing where they're a Christian, but they don't ever want to talk about it because they know that their life is inconsistent. And the sad thing is, is that they'll stay in that state for years and years and years. Covering up what they know is true because they don't think their life is consistent with it. Instead of saying, Lord, I want my life to be consistent. I want to follow you. I struggle with these things. So God, help me to lean on you. Lord, show, get, I need your strength to get through this or to get over that or to not do this or not to do that and and start actually living for him. And hey, you might fail, but how much better is it to say, I want to live for Jesus and fail here and there along the way than to never follow him because you've embraced the failure. Let us not be idle talkers. I hope that your heart's desire is that your life would be consistent with the things that come out of your mouth. The things that you are trying to teach your children, that you do those things. That the things that you say are important, you live like those things are important. That you live according to the standards that you talk about, you know, when you talk about, Hey, I want to, I want to follow just well, live, live, live that way. The problem is a lot of people, they try to cover up their mistakes though. And that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is not putting on a perfect show. The Christian life is off is an authentic life. So when you mess up, you own it. And I was talking with a friend the other night about you get back on the horse. 
right? You get bucked off. In other words, you're, you're following Jesus. You're on the horse. You're walking, you're, you're doing great. You're going his way. And then something happens and you bite the dust. You mess up, you fall, you know, you're down in the dirt. Well, the cowboy thing to do is to pop right back up, brush yourself off or let someone else brush you, brush you off and get back on the horse. Is it scary? Yes. It can be scary to get on, get back on the horse. But what so many people do in their Christian walk is they, they get, they get bucked off and then they just stay in the dirt because they don't feel like they can, like I failed. I can't do that. I can't turn back to God because I failed. I can't, they, they embrace the dirt. They embrace the fall and they embrace the dirt rather than embracing the savior. Say, God, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that I don't have to be defined or ruled by my sin, but I can get back on the horse that I can come to you. Say, Jesus, I've messed up. I've failed. I've fallen short, but thank you that you have forgiven me. And that's when you hop back on the horse and you just get back to living for him. So the Christian life isn't a perfect life. It's not you putting on this show of perfection. That's obnoxious. It's just abiding in Jesus, living for him. And when you slip up, when you mess up, you just own it to everybody who saw you. You don't try to put on a show that your life is perfect if it's not perfect. But if you're a Christian and you say, you know, as a Christian, I have hope. I never have to be hopeless. But one day you find yourself acting that way. Well, then. You stop right then. When as soon as you catch yourself, you say, God, forgive me. And you get back on the horse. You don't embrace the fall and you don't embrace the dirt. You get up, you brush off, knowing that you are forgiven through the blood of Christ shed for you, shed for you on Calvary's cross, that you don't have to stay in that fallen, broken, I've messed up, guilty state. But you can say, just thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for paying the price so that I might hop back on, get back on the path, get back on the horse. Hopefully that makes sense. God bless you. Talk to you next time.